Hello and welcome to Key to IP, the show where intellectual property experts take a deep dive into innovation and intangible assets, discussing recent news and trends from the world of IP. I'm your host, Riz Skinner, and today we're going to talk about the truth about working in the IP industry with two key players in the IP recruiting field, Lindsay Ronald and Clement Mikis. Welcome to both of you and thanks for joining the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having us. Yes, great. What's the weather like? Where are you at the moment now? I am in sunny Stuttgart and it is sunny today. So very it happy is. about that one. Yes, it is. Nice. And you, Clemens? I'm in the south of Munich in the Alps region. Yeah. Nice. So I'm in Luxembourg and Olivia is our recording wizard and she's in Romania. So again, a very, very global podcast, which is cool. Great. Great. Yes. So starting with Clemens Mikis, Senior Consultant and the Chief Operating Officer for Recruitment at the Omicron Consulting Group. You have over 20 years of experience in recruiting, working in the intellectual property industry since 2014. So it is fair to say you understand a great deal about human resources. You have assisted hundreds of industry specialists along their career paths in that time, successively placing them with renowned companies and law firms. But as you know, as well as anyone, there's a lot more to professional than the work history. So tell us a little more about you as a person. What makes you tick? Great introduction. Wow, that's me. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I was born and, and raised in, in the area of Munich, then uh, went to the US for a year as high school basketball player. I got a sports scholarship in basketball, which was a very cool experience. Then I went back to Munich, studied law, made my legal clerkship, and then just wanted to work with, with people a lot. And there was the option to go into legal recruitment. And then I pretty much got very quickly into the field of IP recruitment, which I enjoy very much since 2014. You're right. Clemens, you are also a professional pianist. How does that fit in recruiting? <laughs> yeah, I play cocktail piano. And actually, that has a lot to do with recruiting. I mean, it's a very parallel world. Uh, first, you have to do a lot with people. We have to listen to what you do. You need a good ear. You have to be a good listener. And you have to find the right tone. And in the end, you either play the winner takes it all or hit the road check. Wow. Okay, interesting. And at Omega Consulting Group, who would your clients be and what services do you provide for them? Well, what we do is IP recruitment. That means recruiting IP specialists. So we are very focused on the field of intellectual property. And But within that field, we have any kinds of profiles. Like when you see on, on our webpage, we have around 30 profiles, which might be surprising even for IP specialists that there are so many different roles in the IP world, like the IP manager or the head of IP or just an IP portfolio manager, an IPR manager, patent researcher. So there are a lot of profiles and we are hiring these people. This means we're talking to the decision maker first, who the, the hiring manager who wants to find someone. And that's very important to reflect on that. We are kind of a sparings partner to them because sometimes we find out that they also have to make up their mind to really think about deeply what person they want to find. And once we understood what he needs, then yeah, we go and try to find the right person for the vacancy. That's pretty much the, the service we, we okay. offer. Okay. 
So it just goes to show the scope and scale of modern IP practice. There's a need for IP expertise in just about every corner of the business. This brings us to our second guest, Lindsay Ronald, HR development partner at the Denemeyer Group. Lindsay, part of what you undertake at Denemeyer involves helping others develop and utilize their job skills to the fullest. How does your career background contribute to that? For me, I think we are all very much individuals. We have different experiences. We've all been a team member. We've all worked on a project. And each of those bring different experiences to the next person. And so we naturally bring those to whichever role we go into. And a huge part of anyone's success and development is about that self-reflection, about identifying those kind of unique selling points, those individual talents, and indeed how we use those. For me personally, I'm very much a firm believer is, yes, having that base knowledge and specialization, but also being able to learn in a role and show that adaptability is absolutely key. And I think in my role as learning development, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for those people who have got that ambition, that sparkle. Mm -hmm. So have you ever worked in IP before? Is this the first time? No, I'm very much newbie, hashtag newbie, and I intend to use that as long as I can. <laughs> My colleagues know that. Um, no, I'm not from an IP background. Originally, I um, I studied HR, and my role has always been learning and development. But before I was in semiconductors, so dealing with engineers, again, globally, but I think the skills and experience I brought with me are transferable. And I think we're going to see that transferable skills theme as we go through this whole podcast. I think it's, mm -hmm. it's something that you can develop as long as you are flexible with that. But no, hashtag newbie and I'm using and abusing it. <laughs> hashtag Lindsay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, I'd like to start by asking you both this question. What is the difference between working in the IP department of most organizations and being part of an IP service provider? So who wants to go first? Clemens? Yeah, sure. Sure. This is a very simple question. I mean, the law firm in general, everybody protects secrets and everybody works on, on patents and trademarks. That's for sure, like in common for both companies and law firms. And especially you said service providers, right? The big difference is that in a law firm, you have a very limited profiles. So you have the patent attorney, you have the trademark attorney, and you have the assistants like paralegals. And that's about it. At a service provider, you have probably every job profile you can find in also the normal world, let's call it. So you have also business development people, you have marketing people, you have HR people, you have software experts, mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. So there's a, a broad variety of, of profiles there. Lindsay? Yeah, I mean, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head with that example of patent law firm. Ultimately, for any IP service provider, specialization, the comprehensiveness is very much the name of the game. One can't be an IP amateur or simply have enough knowledge to get by. Someone really needs to know the sector inside out. But even, I would say, for legal experts, there are differences. So in-house IP counsel is going to be much, much more focused on their own portfolio and those of competitors, for example. But an attorney with IP service provider can be concerned with portfolios any size, any complexity, and generally anywhere in the world. Okay, this is something I'd like to pick up on. The work of an IP service provider can be truly global. So why is it that Munich is the hub of IP in Europe and one of the industry's linchpin regions? What makes Munich the place to be? 
I would say this is clearly the development around the European Patent Office. The European Patent Office, the brain of Europe, as it's called, sits in Munich. And whoever plays a role in IP tries to locate around it, like also the Bundespatentgericht, the German Patent Court is also in Munich, and the DPMA, like the German uh, Patent Office. So all these three big players lead to that circumstance that most law firms try to locate in Munich. So we have around 300 law firms in IP in Munich. And you see this very clearly when you look to other cities like Hamburg, Berlin, they have around, let's say, 20, 30 law firms max. So you really see that Munich is is the place to be in the IP mm-hmm. world. That's, that's an awful lot, 300. I never thought that. And Munich is a cool place. It really is a cool city. So one of my favorite cities. And it certainly seems there's a strong culture and tradition of legal services in Munich, but we have seen some big changes in the way work is carried out since the pandemic. How has that impacted the EIP industry as a whole and your own MO when it comes to recruiting? Well, it changed the world completely, I think. It made things easier, but also more difficult, I guess. Easier in a way that you can easily meet wherever you are and easily work from wherever you are. And more difficult because out of the same thing, people have more options. Like it's harder to get someone interested in in some project when they have so many options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, I'm coming very much from the learning and development side. The most important thing for me is to discover how that candidate can fit within the company culture. And this is where we look at the values and the motivations of individuals Yes, absolutely. The skill set, as I mentioned before, there are so many transferable skills. So I'm personally looking at, like, does the candidate share the same motivations? This could be specific to a department or more general. Are they enthusiastic about pushing a topic or a technology forward? Are they a good team fit? You know, what USPs will they bring? And fitting those makes much more sense to me on how we get the right talent and the right positions mm-hmm. um but exactly what Glenn said it's it's easier but it's more challenging yes yeah yeah and also in your line of work you have to meet a lot of people so what's it look like post-pandemic and how is the new normal shaping up for those working in the IP industry do you think we'll ever go back short answer no <laughs> um, short answer uh, no I don't I think really either, no but, yeah, no yeah. absolutely not I think we all have a new perspective on working and living. We have different mm-hmm. priorities to an extent. We also have different needs since, since the pandemic. I am personally a big fan of life-work balance rather than work-life balance. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it, it needs to fit, you know, and when you find yeah. that organization that fits your ethos, that fits your working style, it's gold. I mean, I'm going to do a shameless plug for Denimar here. Um, but the, <laughs> there you go, go. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> The flexibility in the working hours, you know, the working from home, the flat hierarchy where you can just make that difference is brilliant for me. And I think in general, as recruiters, we have a better understanding of what means to be an employee and what employees really want. I mean, we touched upon that earlier, Clint, as you said, it's much more challenging, much more competitive. And I think we hear all the time it's an employee's market, but and I don't always think that's the case, but I think it's also important for individuals for candidates to maybe have that responsibility of knowing themselves and when they are looking for a role to be able to sell those USPs um, because you as an individual know what's going to make you happy and I think the pandemic coming out of the pandemic 
we're all much more aware of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. This new area, like you say, after the pandemic is pretty new to us. And I think everybody is kind of like also unsecure where it's going to go yeah. in many aspects. Are we really post-pandemic? That's my big question, you know. So, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Tomorrow it's going to come back and then, yeah. and then we were completely wrong here. No, I mean, it was very, very hard to cope also with the whole industry had, had problems. Like when this issue came up, I had the feeling like everything was frozen completely because in recruiting, like, as you said, it's like a daily business that you meet people, but all of a sudden you weren't able to meet them in person. So everybody was like freezing everything. Everything was frozen. The employees didn't want to move. The employer didn't want to move. So there was a whole situation for like, let's say a year at least, or, or even more. And then we came back out of the pandemic and Kind of like right now, I have the feeling sometimes things are going crazy. Like people have on the one side too many options. On the other side, there's also like a lack of discipline throughout the pandemic. I have the feeling like people got used to like a different working world. Like, I don't know how to describe this exactly. Maybe you can help me, Lindsay. Like it changed a lot. It changed a lot. But, I mean, would you say that's, that's a negative thing? that we now have a different perspective and we are much more demanding on our employers of what we want and what we need. Is that good? Is that a bad thing? Well, there's always, I think, two sides to a medal. So the very good thing for us is like we don't have to travel so much anymore. We can just switch on the camera and we are connected with anyone we want to hire in the world, which is like very important and, and a big advantage in the world of IP because This world is, is very international, of course. On the other side, I think we're still humans and it's not going to work out that you like work together with someone you never met, you, you never actually spent time with. So if we want to like take both advantages, both sides of the medal as an advantage, then I think it's easy to, to hook up, to meet with someone, to talk to someone like as a first interview on uh, via like Zoom or MS Teams or whatever is out there. But then you have to meet this person and you have to spend maybe even more time with that person to really get to know them because mm. the one thing is sure in recruiting, the chemistry has to be right. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, absolutely agree. Well, I'm sold. So what are the common profiles of an IP professional? Can someone with blue hair, for example, find their niche? And if I had my camera on, you would know why I'm talking about blue hair, but I do not have my camera on. And Lindsay knows why I'm Beautiful blue hair, hair, my dear. Beautiful blue thank hair. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think blue hair uh, doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't change like your, your personality. And so personally, I think that's... It's no problem. But I also found out that the IP industry in some ways, especially some law firms, are very conservative still. And I had this example that someone very highly qualified didn't get the job because he showed up at the job interview not wearing a tie, for example, or wearing the wrong suit. I mean, I'm a little exaggerating, but uh, this was the feedback I got. And this guy said to me, well, I set up this IP department for 20 years. It's my baby. And I really only want to pass this on to someone who is very accurate and who doesn't show up to an interview like that. So my recommendation is always just if you go to a job interview, 
don't give them any attack service like surface like just wear a casual suit and and the classic style and that's it wow i mean for me i thought we were evolving a little bit more than that i thought we were allowing tattoos and it was becoming and blue hair pink hair whichever you would like to choose i thought we were being more open to that is is that changing do you think i think it's maybe changing a little. I mean, there have been so many big changes throughout the last two years, I would say. So I wouldn't be surprised if there would be some more. <laughs> so also this thing that, that most things are, are working, like we also now via like online, we're doing this, this online interview. And I think that the branch also had a big problem with that when it came up that you only can be competitive when you play along, when you also do online conversations and so on. The background is that this branch is about keeping secrets, right? We have lots of keeper of secrets there and they wanted to meet in a small room with four walls and then only see the people they are talking to. When you go online, then you never know if, if there's uh, someone else in the room as to speak. So this was very hard for most of the, like the big part of the branch, I had the feeling to switch to online. Yeah, so that was the, the very first big change throughout the pandemic. I don't know if they are uh, having the nerves for a, a big change, like everyone wearing blue hair and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we will see where this is yeah. going, right? I'll support you, Rick. I'll support you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lindsay, what does an IP professional at Denemaya look like? What are the opportunities and career paths for a young professional in the company? For me personally, an IP professional is definitely multifaceted, you know, enthusiastic, driven, Particularly the growth within a company is a fundamental aspect of the Denimar culture. The ability to move from one department to the other. I mean, for me personally, if you can demonstrate that can-do attitude, that innovation, the team working across functions, I think you can be so, so successful at Denimar. Um, reflecting back on what we said about fitting the culture, you can learn on the job, you can develop the best skill set. But the drive and the ambition for me is something really key to Denemeyer, and it's certainly something we're keen on. My understanding is that we've had quite a lot of instances within Denemeyer where people have moved across functions and changed career paths in the company, which is something is becoming much more common inside and outside of the IP industry. But as Denemeyer, I think we're really proud to be able to encourage and support that change and that development of individuals in their career choices. Clemens, are you hosting the IP Career? Yes, we are hosting the IP Career, which is Europe's career fair focusing on intellectual property. It's going to be on the 12th of May next year, 23, in Munich, of course. And we are very much looking to anyone who wants to join. Like it's for getting to know the world of IP. Like anyone who wants to to get this uh, to get to know this world has the chance to ask all the questions to the German patent office, to law firms, to companies, to small law firms, to big law firms. So I think you can get a very good picture of the of the world of IP. So it's for students to get to know this world, but also for IP professionals to get to know colleagues, to get in touch, and we also have great presentations there about uh, salary negotiation about career issues career topics so yeah just come and join us we'll be happy to to see you there so are you only looking for ip experts well the ip career is open for everyone and we are especially looking for career 
changing people. Like we want to build the bridge between the so-called normal world and the world of IP. And people will find out that there are roles for business development, for sales, for IT, for marketing, for all kinds of professions. And that's what we are also looking for on the IP career, talking about that. And you also can give me a call anytime and we will discuss the entry of the world of intellectual property. So before we wrap up this lively episode, we just have enough time for a fun question. Have you ever applied for a job only to find out that the actual situation is not what you expected from the job description? Oh, I should not be confessing this one. (laughs) (laughs) So maximum embarrassment just for the podcast. So my story on this one, (laughs) I was a student, I was studying HR, I was doing all right in HR, you know, um, but I was still studying, you know, I needed a summer job and a very well-known furniture company, I don't know if we're allowed to name names, was advertising for a team lead. And I thought, oh, here we go, you know, I'm thinking staff rotas, individual development, disciplinaries, maybe my own office, you know, my ego was the size of the moon, I was gonna go for it. And the reality was I was making meatballs. I was making meatballs, which was, you know, it was great fun. Horrific for the figure, but I was like, what? You know, in my defense, I was young and we've learned a lot since then. But yes, I do make a very good meatball. What can I say? Yeah, well, from my perspective of recruiting, I would almost say, aren't we always talking about like three different jobs when we're talking about people think we're talking about one, but there's one in the job ad, like people read and they're interested and there's a title and they say like, okay, I want to be IP manager. Then there's the job interview and you talk about a second job kind of like there's different tasks showing up maybe. And then when you actually start, it's again a different thing. And then after two weeks, a colleague comes and says, hey, I have this very thrilling project. Do you want to join? And suddenly you have the fourth path to go. So, But that's just within the language and within people making up their mind. And then they're meeting and then they find out someone has additional skills, which they didn't think about. And this is just being human, I think, and, and working together. That's all about it. With extra meatballs, absolutely. I I had kind of like a for me it wasn't meatballs but for me it was working in in a well-known hamburger restaurant which I actually survived one whole day (laughs) I I just did not go back because it was just not what I thought it was going to be I had more of a romantic view of the whole thing like serving the industry and it was literally just making hamburgers and I was very young and very upset and just burst into tears and went home. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, the, one learns and one grows. And that's just the way one gains experience also. Exactly. About exactly. Hamburgers. You have meatballs, hashtag meatballs. I have hashtag hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you, Clemens and Lindsay, for an exciting discussion of what it is like to work in IP, the good, the mad and the funny. And don't forget to check out go.denemeyer.com slash key to IP, where you can also discover more about today's topic and listen to our previous podcasts. Join us next time on your industry trusted IP podcast, Key to IP. Thank you, guys. This was really fun. Honestly, I've I've been laughing so much. It's really, really (laughs) great having you. I hope you had fun too. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us. 
Yes, very much so. Thank you. Thank you.